0: This podcast is produced by KPP Financial, Steve Peasley President, KPP Financial, Independent Thinking, Shared Success. And now today's podcast.
1: Good afternoon everybody and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, Tuesday of the Thanksgiving week. I love Thanksgiving. November 26th. And you know, of course, we've been—we always watch the news. We're always trying to keep up to date on what's happening. Not a lot's going to happen. We do have a lot of economic reports coming out tomorrow, but we didn't have any on Monday. We're not going to have any on Thursday. And we're not going to have any on Friday. So you would think it would be a very slow week in economic reports. But tomorrow we have some pretty big reports coming out. So that's going to be it. And we had some housing reports today. Uh, exist uh, new home sales came out today, uh, and it was down seven tenths of one percent. But they dramatically increased the month before, so it made it look like it was down seven tenths one percent, only because they had that big dramatic increase, or else it would have been up. So that was interesting today. So uh, the housing housing industry, the housing market is still very very strong, very solid. So we don't have to worry about that. I'm Steve Peasley, and I thank you for joining me today, and I hope you'll call because this is a calling show, and I hope you ask me any investing questions you want. Anything about financial issues, I'll talk about. But of course, primarily, people call about investing questions. So if you do, you move the show along in any direction you want to go. And of course, as long as it's on the financial spectrum, I'm there with you. So let's go that way. I do have There's two more days before Thanksgiving, everybody. So Christmas will soon follow that. We know that. So we, you know, I have I have made a commitment to meet at least one more time, and that was December 5th, which I generally don't do. And surprisingly, it's full. I got five people set up to talk to, and that's about as many as I can talk to in one day. So <clears throat> we're full up on our appointments. If we have a cancellation, though, I'd be happy to schedule. So if you really want to meet with me, please still let me know. And uh, I'll put you on the list. And if there's a cancellation, I'll call you and we'll, we'll set, set you up. Okay? So, this is the hour you call. We talk about anything financial and I want you to call now. The number in line is open. 888-99-CHARTERS our number. 888-992-4278. My main talking point today concerns the great rotation will arrive in 2020 and bring another strong year for stocks. What does that mean? This is about from J.P. Morgan. That's their prediction. J.P. Morgan. They think that the uh, stock market has been, we'll, well, we'll have a, a metamorphosis of people getting out of bonds and moving into stocks. And you know what? You've heard me say this the last, I don't know, few weeks, that I think we're avoiding our recession for the time being. And why? And I told you why. And I think that we've seen the, uh, a a very uh, uh, economic bottom that was pretty weak. This is what I think. I could be wrong, but the statistics are showing that we're starting to either stabilize or starting to increase. You know, economic statistics I'm talking about. So that might mean the stock market has another leg. And we, you know, doesn't mean there won't be corrections. It just means we, I think that the recession is off the table for the time being. If the recession is off the table, that greatly reduces the chances of a bear market. You know, you can have a bear market even in a recession. It's just uncommon. It's happened. Bear market meaning the bear market meaning the stock prices on the major indexes go down thirty percent or more. Just saying it's possible, not probable. Possible. So that's our main talking point, the great rotation. And we talked about that too on this show, saying that maybe we're going to see rotations from one sector to the next to the next, and that's the kind of correction we're having. We'll see. Also, I want to talk about consumer confidence that fell. We we'll talked about that. Uh, Roth qualified withdrawals. I want to talk about them and discuss what the rules are. Make sure you know what they are. Qualified withdrawals from Roth IRAs. And I think we need to touch on the IPO, the Saudi Arabian Armarco, Aramco, Aramco, which is the Saudi Arabian national oil company, the largest in the world, or second largest to ExxonMobil. Um, it's the state-owned oil company. They're going IPO. How much are they IPOing? How much are they going to release out to the public to buy But they're going to be publicly traded company. Why are they doing that? And what will that do to the oil market? Does it, will it do anything? I got, some, I got some interesting speculation about what it might do. Those are things we're going to talk about on today's show. But, of course, you drive it in any direction you want to go. It's up to you where you want to go with the show. So give me a call. My main talking point, as I said, is going to be the great rotation. I got three other things, but I'd rather have you take it the direction that is more interesting to you. The market today is up fifty-five points on the Dow, fifteen points on the Nasdaq, seven points on the S and P five hundred. You know, it's okay, nothing big, nothing bad. Just, just it is. Um, okay, let's let's kick off things with a caller question. Uh, This came in early on our in-time listener line number, 888-99-CHART.
2: Hey, Stephen Justin. This is Ron in San Diego. Love the show. Thanks for all that you do. Uh, Just wanted to get your take on Cisco. Uh, Sold off hard after earnings. Gave some disappointing guidance. Just wanted to get your take on a long-term hold here. Looks like it may be trying to find a base here over the past three days. Um, But, yeah, love to get your take on valuation. Good level to get in. Thanks, guys. Bye.
1: Okay, there's two Cisco's. I wonder which one he was talking about. Probably Cisco Systems, the tech company, versus Cisco Food Service, Okay, which, which is a company that delivers food mostly to restaurants and things like that. And they're both publicly traded. But let's go with Cisco Systems because I'm pretty sure that's what he wanted to talk about. Uh, it makes switches, routers, and other networking and communication hardware for businesses and home applications. It's a $192 billion market cap. $192 billion. So that tells you it's a mega cap company, Uh, out of San Jose, California. They're going to make, uh, today, this year, $2,023.24. That's up a 5% from last year. Next year, up another 5% to $3.40 and the stock is $45. So that tells you it's uh, 40, uh, 13 or 14 PE. The five year range is 10 to 20. Return equity is very good at 36%. That's very good. Pays a nice 3.1 dividend. Now that it's big, used you to, know, 10 years ago, it was a big growth company. Now it's just a big blue chip company. So these big blue chip companies that were tech growth companies before have to metamorphize, metamorphose, metamorphize, I don't know how you say that, into. Blue-chip dividend-paying stocks. Sales growth between 1% and 5% in the last four quarters. Quarter, 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 1% quarter, to 5% growth. Um, debt is very manageable, not a lot. And mutual funds are buying Cisco. So where is a good get-in point? I, I kind of like right where it is at $46 and $45 and 31 cents. Uh, I, I think this could be strong support here. Uh, and I, I, would, I would go, if you're going to buy it, this would be where you'd buy it. Personally, this is where I think you should buy it. If you're going to buy Cisco, this is a good buy point. Will it go down more? Can it go down more? Of course it can. But I think your odds are, This is about where it's going to go. And I think it's fairly valued and undervalued based on historical numbers. It's going to make $3.40 next year on a $45 stock. That's a pretty reasonable price. Okay? Cisco. C-S-C-O is the symbol. C-S-C-O. This is the best stock. Streaming live Monday through Friday in the 4 o'clock hour, uh, Pacific time, of course. And available for free download at, as a condensed podcast if you like. So we we exit out all the commercials for you. You can browse by topic at investtalk.com. And you can also download, review, and rate on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, any place like that. You can also download through our InvestTalk.com. I think I mentioned that. And now I'm taking your financial investment questions live Eight 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 ninety nine 888 99 Chart.
3: Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, where Invest Talk hosts and KPP principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein practice parallel investing. That means Stephen Justin's accounts participate with client investments at equal prices and percentages. You can learn more about parallel investing at investtalk.com. 888 chart
1: 888 Okay, a quick look at some of the benchmark numbers. Oil was at $58, creeping up a little bit. Did you know that over the last few weeks? Creeping up a little. Still, still, anything between 15, 60, I think is pretty, pretty stable. It's been there for a long time. So that means gasoline prices are still pretty relative. You know, it's a, it's. A, I told you, gasoline gas in, is three dollars 85 cents per gallon here in California, where where I live, it's not three eighty five. It's I'm paying four. <laughs> so, and just for comparison, Iowa is paying two dollars and 39 cents. There's no gas in Iowa. Why are we? Why is why is California paying much more than Iowa? Right? I mean we actually, we actually produce some oil here, not very much because the states have. But I, I think much of it as there's three reasons. One, they probably can get away with charging us more. Two, we have special taxes here. And three, we have special we have additional taxes in most other places. And three, we have a special blend that they have to switch over every summer, back and forth, back and forth of refineries. And there's a limited refineries that do that. So they can charge more. Anyways, the two-year and the ten-year Treasury yield are still in a very uh, still in a normal yield curve, even though they're they're coming a little bit closer to each other. But nothing that you got inverted, you know, a few, few months ago. That's very very scary. Gold, fourteen hundred and sixty-one dollars an ounce. Got up to right around fifteen hundred dollars and then stopped. Let's see. In the United States, 32 million people will fly over the 12-day Thanksgiving travel period. The biggest day, the busiest day, will be Sunday, after Thanksgiving, with 3 million people holding airline reservations, probably coming back. That's probably why. Uh, AAA reports that Thanksgiving will be the second busiest ever for road travel. And that is since they began tracking the data, which was 2000. So it's not that old, but second busiest day. I wonder what the first. They didn't mention that. I would have, I would like to know. If you're going to give me the second one, why don't you give me the first one? Anyway. Okay, let's fit in another quick question. 888-99-CHART.
3: Hi, Steve. It's John from San Jose. I was calling about RIG, R-I-G, Transocean. See what you think about it. Have a great day. Love your show. Bye.
1: Okay, well, rig is in the oil industry. That's the oil and gas drilling industry. Provides offshore contract drilling for oil and gas wells worldwide. Uh, They're going to lose money this year. They lost money the last two years. They're going to lose money next year. So, I don't like it for that very reason, right? You know me. I want to see earnings. They're going to lose seventy-seven cents next year. They lost a dollar, They're going to lose a dollar twenty-four this year. That's the estimates. Sales growth is shrinking four percent the last couple of quarters. It's a two-point nine billion dollar company that is doing two, but two point almost three billion dollars worth of revenue. So, one-to-one relationship is very good. So, if you're just looking at the price-to-sales ratio, it's very, very good. If you're looking at the book value, book value, that means what is the company 2.9 billion selling? How much, if you liquidated the company, how much is it really worth? If you liquidated everything and had a bunch of money, that would be what book value is. And how much would it be worth? It would be worth about a quarter of what it's selling at. So it should be selling at like $18 a share because it's so low on the book value. Now, why is it so low? Because of the oil industry, very cyclical. And is there a lot of drilling, offshore drilling? No, there's a lot of fracking and onshore. Maybe that's why. But you could take a shot at it because it's been around for years and years and years and then does this every so often, it goes up and out. It it's $59 a share in 2012. On the Nest Invest Talk, activists are building a grassroots alliance against Amazon. A coalition is working to confront Amazon issues that did the digital surveillance, uh, antitrust uh, and working conditions in warehouses. It's another busy investor
3: work week. You've got investment and financial questions and Steve and Justin are ready to give you their unbiased guidance. The Invest Talk phone lines are open, so call now. 888 99 Chart.
1: 888 992 4278. We're going to talk to Jose in Montclair, California. How you doing, Jose? Hi, Steve. I'm doing good. And yourself? I'm great. Appreciate the call. Thank you.
2: So, I have a question about uh, the stock. It's a uh, it's, uh, medical read. It's called. It used to be called HPP, uh-huh. um, but a few weeks ago, it changed management and it changed the name of the stock to uh, Health Peak Properties.
1: Do you know the symbol? Is is to change symbols? Uh, I think it's HPK. Maybe I forgot. It's it's peak P E A K. I think. Yeah, there's a chart selling for thirty four dollars eighty six cents. And it's not coming from yeah, my software. Hmm. What do you want to know?
2: Well, I want to know, um, is it a good idea to stay in it? Because uh, I, I used to be in it with the, when it was the other management. But I don't really have too uh-huh. much information about this one. I don't even know if they're even going to... Uh, not not sure if they're going to pay out a dividend or not. So that's, well, that was my question. Okay.
1: Okay, they're scheduled to pay out four point two percent. That's what they did pay out, and that's what they're scheduled. Return on equity is nineteen percent. They're gonna make a dollar eighty two from $1.76 to a $34 stock at four times a, dollar. So that, that's about right. They should be able to make, remember, they're, it's a REIT that owns and acquires and leases 645 healthcare-related facilities, so they're required to pay 90% of their earnings out in dividends, and they're going to make, they say they're going to make $1.82, and that means, they, yeah, that's going to be right around 4.2%, 4.3%. So I, from that point of view, it looks fine. That you will get your dividend and it's not terribly overpriced. It is expensive, but you know it's at the top of its range. But there's from from the information I have here, it doesn't look like it's a a bad choice to stay in if you already own it. You might as well stay in. It had a little pullback from thirty seven down to thirty three. Now it's at thirty four eighty six. So I think it's I think you'd stay in it. Had a big update today. Did you see that?
2: Yeah, yeah, so yeah I it was saw it. And, on <laughs> and, and um when when it's when it, before they changed management, that's when it went up to thirty seven mm-hmm. and changed. But then when they changed management, like they gave me all my all my my position, and then I started all over again. And that's when it fell to thirty three and changed.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't I I don't think it's something to worry about. I don't Jose. You're fine. Appreciate the call. Thank you. Let's go to BJ in Fremont. How you doing, BJ? Uh, I'm doing good,
2: Steve. Happy holidays, and uh, same to your Thank Christmas. you. Thanks for uh, taking Thank the you. call. You too. Thanks. All you. right. So uh, the appreciate. question is, uh, I'm, I have some uh, cash position uh, left uh, in my portfolio right now, mm. and there are others okay. uh, which are some are down, some are up. I'm thinking of investing this cash over period um, uh, into S&P 500. Uh, it is at uh, all-time high right
1: now. I mean,
2: pretty close to that. Right. What uh, method right. do you recommend uh, of uh, dollar cost averaging into it?
1: Well, I take the amount of money, however lump sum of money you have, and as long as it's not a thousand dollars, you know, if it's ten thousand or fifteen thousand, I probably do it on um, every every other week dollar cost averaging. Now, I don't think I would do it once a month. That's too slow, and every week is probably too fast. Personally, for my own, that that's just a personal opinion of mine. I think every other week would be would be sufficient if you're going dollar cost average. Everybody else, what we're talking about is investing in the index, the S and P 500, a certain amount of money that you have designated as for investing over a period of time. It's called and it's the most the most common uh, period. It's called dollar the way to do it. it's called dollar cost averaging into the market, and it's using the same amount of money every time you buy. So if you had ten thousand you want to die, dollar cost to average over ten weeks, it'd be a thousand dollars a week. And as long as you're not are you as long as you're not incurring, you know, trading costs, which these days are next to nothing on a lot of broker dealers, then why not do it that way if you want to? So and I think it's a sound way to get invested. I do. So that's what I would do, BJ, every couple of weeks. Appreciate the call. Thank you. Today, the Boeing Company enjoys one hundred billion in annual sales. Of course, you know they have problems. We had recent problems with the Max Jet, Max eight, seven thirty seven Max eight, and it's one of the one of the. It's it's only one of two players in the commercial aviation business, right? It's Europeans, Airbus is the other. So, as we go to break, here's my trivia question: If you had invested five hundred dollars in Boeing's IPO in nineteen sixty two and let your money ride and i was i was 10 years old at that time what, what would the, what would those shares be worth today and a bonus question do you know what major us airline was formed from boeing assets do you know that i'll have the answer after the break but now we are taking your market and financial questions live 888 99 chart
3: Numbers are elusive.
1: It's about five percent of my overall
3: portfolio. They're always changing. I have uh, about like three thousand dollars, I would say. On Invest Talk, the focus is on numbers that affect our listeners.
2: We took uh, twenty percent out to buy a property, investment property.
3: Invest Talk listeners know it's all about the numbers.
2: Am I going to get? cheaper mortgage rates if I wait till the end of the year.
3: So the questions keep coming. Let's talk to Cindy in San Jose. How are you doing, Cindy?
2: Hi, Steve. Thank you for taking my call.
3: From every part of America. I wanted to ask you guys about adding to my positions in
2: these two names right now.
3: Should I sell it and take the profit? Steve Peasley and Justin Klein analyze the complex patterns in those numbers and do their very best To decipher the potential meanings. Really learned a lot from you guys. Independent thinking. Shared success. InvestTalk.com Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck because Steve Peasley is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call
0: 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278.
1: 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Robert in Vancouver, Washington. How are you doing, Robert?
3: I'm good. How are you?
1: I'm good. I got lots of relatives in Vancouver. I got like 10, 12, about 16, 17 of them up there.
2: Oh, wow. Yeah, it's a growing town out here. So, um, yeah. Hey, yeah. I had a big question about um, UGAZ. That's Uganda, Gulf. Arizona yep. Zebra. Got it. And right. um, it's a leveraged ETF. looks like it's more like on the natural gas. I know it doesn't make sense because, like, we're heading into the winter months, and you'd think that consumption would be going up, but this is going down. But it's kind of like hitting its summer lows, and I'm wondering if now would be a good time to get into it.
1: Well, we have to. You're, you've asked the correct question, and for everybody else, this is a three hundred percent leverage of natural gas. It's an E T N seeking to provide long exposure to three times the daily performance of the S and GSCI Natural Gas Index. So it's tracking the natural gas index. Okay, the S and P uh, Natural Gas Index. So why? Is, you asked the right question. Why is it going down? Why, why is it going down? Uh, now, well, uh, my answer would be for a couple. There's a couple of reasons. One is to keep we have an oversupply and to keep finding more of it when there's fracking out there in the in the Midwest. So all that natural gas and they're, remember they're building all those pipelines now, so they're going to be able to ship it somewhere. So it's been very depressive on prices, and that's why natural gas has been going down in a time of the year that it generally does not go down, okay? Um, so that would be my, my guess, is the supply part, is too much supply, not enough demand. Of course, that's going to try, turn around someday. Um, I, I don't know when. and I, I, I would probably stay away from it if I were you, Robert. Uh, first of all, I don't like the 300% leverage part, That leverage scares me because you got to figure out well, how are they achieving that? You know, and is there always going to be someone that whoever you're leveraging it with, how does it work? Most people can't figure these things out. I have trouble figuring them out. And then will that other party on the other side who's giving me that leverage always be there? Because sometimes in financial situations, tough times like recession, that other party could go out of business. See, it's not just a simple, oh, it's just tracking uh, a natural gas and it's leveraged three at a time. Well, how is it doing that? Is it, you know, someone borrowing something? You know, what's happening there? So I'd be very careful with it. Appreciate the question. Thanks, Robert. Okay, before the break, I asked a trivia question. If you invested $500 in Boeing IPO back in 1962 and let your money ride what would those shares be worth today? Okay, and the second part was, do you know what major U.S. airline was formed from Boeing assets? So Boeing began, began trading in, in on the New York Stock Exchange January 2nd, 1962. According to Boeing's Investor Relations Department, the shares traded at 82.3 cents per share. So back then, on the IPO day of 1962, $500 investment would have brought you 607.5 shares. So, Boeing went to complete uh, uh, eight stock splits during 1966 to 1997, paid a dividend at the end of every quarter since listing on the exchange. Do you think about that? What companies pay a dividend right away these days when they go IPO? Hardly any. Now, presuming you reinvested those dividends, you would now have three hundred three thousand four hundred shares of Boeing. Based on Boeing's share price at the close of business on November fifteenth, that original five hundred dollar investment would have been worth one point two six million dollars. Okay, that is a compound annual growth rate, growth rate of about fourteen percent. Pretty good, huh? And what what was the what was the airline? What was the major airline that split off from Boeing's assets? How about well, the company was founded in nineteen sixteen. In 1934, the company was split up by the U.S. government. The Mall Act of 1934 prohibited airline and manufacturing combinations. The airline assets of Boeing became the forerunner of the modern United Airlines. Interesting, huh? You didn't know that. I'll bet you you didn't know that because I didn't know that until I just read it. Okay. So until I read that, I didn't know that. I thought that was pretty good. Let's go to Usher in New Jersey, investing in the bull market. He wants to talk about that. Usher, New Jersey. How are you doing, Usher? Yes, pretty good, Steve. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for the call.
2: Sure. So, um, yeah, I'm you know, i calling just to ask about, you know, what are some of these strategies to invest in a bull market, especially where these stocks are trading at all-time high and bargains are high, hard to find? I'm a long term investor yeah. for the most part, so uh just you know um just trying to get some strategies and then um you know uh, personally, I've been looking at a few stocks lately waiting for a pull mm-hmm. pullback that never came I, I i guess I got a little more beardish you know uh with the, with the, uh-huh. with the so most people fears did. of mm-hmm. recession so but uh, that so pull- pullback never came so <laughs>
1: Nope, it probably will come. I I don't want you to think it won't come. I just can't tell you when it. We're gonna have one, um, and you could be if you were. You can be patient. Wait for it. That's possible. But there's also what we talked about just earlier. There's that dollar cost average. You can dollar cost average into the market even though it's very expensive, and that will work because at some point the prices will be less. Or you were seeing sector rotation. You could buy the beat up sectors. You know, um, some some, the, some place in the tech sector. I also like some of the REITs that are out there, you know, and even even some of the industrials that have been beat up. That would be a good place to look for different stocks that have been beat up that if we don't fall in recession, you know, a lot of people thought we were going to recession, so those sectors got beat up. So that might be a place where you can find value. That's all I'm suggesting, Usher. Okay? Okay. Appreciate thank the you. call. Let's go to Chris in Walnut Creek. How you doing, Chris?
2: I'm good, Steve. How you doing?
1: I am alive and well, and I appreciate the call.
2: Oh, yeah. I just want to thank you for the show. Uh, it's really great. Appreciate it.
1: Thank you. appreciate the kindness so, and kind words. Thank you.
2: So my question is uh, Dollar Tree, D-L-T-R. They went, they, they, they went down seventeen percent today. Is it the earnings? What
1: do you? Is this a buying opportunity? I don't know. What do you think? I think it's a buying opportunity. Let's see what were the news. It was all about. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see if I can find it. Why it went down? Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm having trouble finding it really quick on the on the Dollar Tree slumps on Q three earnings miss. Okay, and f- oh. f- uh, two, two, 2019 view has been cut. Okay, so they missed on their earnings, and their view for earnings for the year was cut. Okay, so they 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 missed the their third quarter earnings, and they are cut the fourth the, for the year end numbers. So that means, you know, that was bad <laughs> news for the market, and the mark the stock fell pretty hard today, um, and I will. Let's look at let's say let's say their earnings was missed. Okay, I didn't see how much, but let's say it missed uh, a little bit. Probably that's all it did. They're estimated to make five dollars and ninety three cents next year. Well, how much is five dollars and ninety three cents worth? Their growth rate is four or five percent. So I wouldn't say that they would be worth more than a market you know a market PE ratio. I, I wouldn't say because they're not growing that fast. So, I would say f- you take $5.93 times, you know, a, a, a 15 PE, and what do you come up with? You come up with a stock price of about ninety eighty nine dollars It's at 95 today. So, what you're, what you're looking Ooh. at is a stock that was overvalued, and now it's come to about the range of the proper value it should be. So, I would not buy it right away. Let's okay. just wait to see. Has strong support at $90 a okay. share. Okay. So, just see how it. see how it reacts. But it did have a really bad day. One thing I did like about today's action is it didn't. It did not close at the low of today. It didn't close at the high, but kind of in the midpoint. So that tells me that a lot of sellers have, are out. It may not go down anymore. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. okay. So it's a, yeah. You okay, put that you. on your watch list. Okay, Chris. Thanks for the call. I Dollar Tree, everybody. Everybody operates 15,237 discount variety stores in 48 states. Canada, they merchant, you know, dollar. Everything, you know, everybody knows who that is, And I think it's a good, solid company. They don't pay a dividend, though. Eight 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 ninety nine chart is our number. Uh, consumer confidence falls for the fourth month in a row. It's 125.5 versus last the month before of 126.1. So it wasn't much of a fall. It peaked at an 18-year high about a year ago at 138. Okay? So consumers are a bit less awesome, optimistic today, but they still inspe- expect improvement going forward in the months ahead. And it's still pretty high, 125.5. That's pretty high. For instance, in 2013, the low was 60, 60. So there's, you know, that's a pretty big range. So even though it's come off its high fourth month in a row, it's still pretty high. So consumers are still pretty optimistic. There's nothing to really, you know, panic about or worry about, but it's something that I think we should consider. I actually feel that, that's so high, the number, even though it's a four-month low, that there's there's not they're going to continue spending. That's really the issue, isn't it? Because our economy is driven by consumers. 70% of our economy is consumer-driven. They're going to continue spending. They still have jobs, and they're not depressed or anything. And that's the key. Now, you do realize there's like five or six less shopping days between Thanksgiving and Christmas this year than last year. So, that's going to make the shopping season a little bit on the depressed side. But I think we have to adjust for that. We have to adjust our thinking. Hopefully, they'll keep reporting that that's with six shopping days less. I'm Steve Peasley, and you're listening to Invest Talk. So, obviously, you understand the importance of unbiased guidance and experienced. Um, and experience market analysis. That's what hopefully Justin and I can provide for you. So I encourage you to consider subscribing to the KPP Premium Newsletter, written and distributed every Friday. I write it. I have the guys help me sometimes, but I write it, and I'm the editor of it, and it comes out every Friday. You'll get valuable information on the week economic news and what's going on in the stock market and what we are fearful of and what we're positive about. Every week, comes out every Friday, e-news, e-newsletter. news uh, There's four section: market analysis, portfolio management, stock ideas, uh, consumer watch. Those are the four sections. You should subscribe at investtalk.com. Investtalk.com with two T's in the middle, no spaces. I'm ready to take your calls, your questions, 888-99-CHARTS.
0: Here are the directions for reaching Steve this afternoon with your question. Just call 888-99-CHART. C-H-A-R-T. Have a question about how best to get into the market? Or maybe you're feeling unsure about your current investments. That's what this is all about. This is Invest Talk.
3: Hi guys, this is Lee from North Carolina. I've got a question about peer-to-peer lending. I've done some research into several companies, the Lending Club and a few others. I'm a little on the fence on whether this is a good investment or not. I like the idea of the investment because it's a diversifier of stocks, bonds, and real estate which I already own. The downside that I feel is it gives a good return now while economic conditions are optimal, but I worry that if we have an economic downturn that there could be a lot more defaults and and the returns could get much worse. Thanks. Look forward to hearing the answer on the podcast.
1: Well, that was a pretty good reason to stay away from them. Uh, I'll I'll add to that reason, and that is it's because the interest rates are so low that you're not getting enough risk to make up for the downsize default rate. Now, you may not have any defaults. Peer-to-peer lending, everybody, that means, you know, uh, you're you're like a bank. Okay, so you're lending usually with real estate being the backing, uh, but not necessarily. It doesn't have to be. So uh, and you're relying also on a company management, whoever that is. So that kind of makes me nervous. If they're master limited partnerships, I'd stay away from them. I have bad experience with those over my lifetime, and I just don't want to be a part of that as a limited. I don't want to be a limited partner under a master partnership. If it's public company, uh, at least they have to have proper disclosures and everything else to be listed, and they have to you know use a a, a big four accounting firm. So those things are good. Um, I, I do like the diversification part. I I think that's a wise thing to do to to diversify your overall portfolio. I think that's a very good idea. And just be very leery as who your lending club or whoever you're investing in. Just be very careful, please. This is the Talk. I'm Steve peasley, and we have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. Right? Describe it almost every day. And our work will continue right after this break. 888 99 Chart.
3: On the next Invest Talk, activists are building a grassroots alliance against Amazon. The coalition is working to confront issues like digital surveillance, antitrust, and working conditions in warehouses. That story tomorrow. But now Steve Feasley is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. Call Steve. 888-99-CHART.
2: Uh, hey, guys. Ben from New York here. I use TD Ameritrade to trade. I believe you guys do as well. Yesterday... I got an email from Ameritrade saying that uh, Schwab purchased them, and I just thought it would be a good time to see what you guys thought of that. I mean, I'm not scared or probably won't even affect anything on the baseline user level, but I wondered if you guys had anything to say regarding Schwab purchasing TD Ameritrade.
0: Thanks, guys. Have a great holiday.
1: Well, I think I mentioned uh, when it first happened, uh, when it first announced, about a week ago or so. Uh, but what I, what we're seeing, what I'm thinking, the reason why they did this is because they have to compete. Okay, the, the first Schwab lowered its rates to zero trading fees, right? And then TD, within a, within a few days, did the same thing. Okay, then they decided. Then Schwab decided to buy TD. And why, do they, why are they combining? Well, the whole industry is consolidating, but one of the things they're competing with is, you know, your, 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 uh, the apps on your cell phones, the, the, the uh, different kinds of very inexpensive ways that individuals can, can buy and sell stocks. They're trying to compete in that sphere. You know, so they they the whole industry is consolidating. Uh, this particular consolidation, this will make these two com- this combination will make the largest the largest custodian individual accounts that's it, it, out there. And because of that, I think it will give them the heft that they need to compete. I don't think there'll be very much change in the way TD does business from a from a retail business. It might affect my business. Um, because Schwab may demand fees and things that we didn't have to pay before, but they're not going to demand additional fees or anything from you, the, cons- the ultimate consumer, uh, the custodian, uh, you know, the person who's giving Schwab slash TD the money to custodian it to. So I don't think it will affect you guys out there at all may affect us, us meaning the registered investment advisors out there that use TD and Schwab. That may, we may have an effect on it, but I don't think it's going to really affect you. I really don't. Okay, Roth IRAs. You can take Roth IRAs, you can take the money out of your Roth IRA qualified withdrawals, qualified withdrawals tax-free, both state And usually state taxes, no idea to pay. I say usually state taxes because some some states have different uh, laws. But so it's you can take money out of your Roth IRA if you do it with with what is called qualified withdrawals. What's a qualified withdrawal? There's only two things you need to meet, two criteria that you need to meet to be considered qualified. If you take a qualified withdrawal out of Roth, there's no taxes. First, the first criteria: you have to have at least one Roth IRA for more than five years. But I didn't know that one, did you? The other is you have to be, you have to be, you have to have reached the age of 59 and a half or became disabled or dead. Then you can, you are a quali- you can take money out of there, and it's a qualified withdrawals. And as a qualified withdrawal, there's no taxes. So the thing that worried me is I bet you a lot of people don't know you have to keep it in there for at least five years. You've got to keep it in there. Does that mean you can't take money out of your Roth IRA anytime you want? No, you can take it out. You can take it out. But there's going to be rules and there could be issues, <laughs> you know, that you know, you might be penalized. You just got to be careful. You got to talk to an accountant about that kind of stuff. Okay, one more quick thing. IPO, Saudi Arabia, Armour is coming out uh, with an IPO. They're going to they're gonna sell about 2 or 3% of the company to the public. Very small piece. Why are they doing that? This is why they're doing that. They've lost control. As a member of OPEC, remember, Saudi Arabia was the one who kind of controls because they're the largest producer. They would increase or reduce production to keep the price stable, right? Well, now that the US is the largest producer, Saudi Arabia is losing the control. And with an IPO, they're not going to use the control, the money from their IPO to control not the price of oil, but the price of their stock. And try to take profits from that way. Remember, that pays for their economy. I'm Steve Peasley and this completes another Invest Talk program. I'll return tomorrow. Thanksgiving will be the day after. Yay. Please tell your friends and family members about our free podcast downloads. I would appreciate that. Be sure to rate us too at Spotify, iTunes, and Google. Everybody have a great night.
0: Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically.